Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to take a minute to do something different tonight. I'll, I'll give you a little background on this so you know. When we were pastoring in Oregon, uh, we met a young teenage girl, and uh, we sort of fell in love with her. She became our daughter by a different father and mother, lived with us for a long time. So I'm, she's watching. So Brandy and Sean and your family, we love you. And America's really a good place to live. So, bye. I'm going to preach now, Brandy. Praise God. You know, I've, I'm going to share an uh, illustration just to get me started. I was preaching a homecoming, some of you heard this, in uh, Indiana, Henryville, Indiana. And Henryville is a very small community, and there was a man raised there. And he would go back to the homecoming every year. The Methodist church would have a homecoming. And people even that moved away would come back. And so I'm preaching this homecoming. I'm, I'm really getting with it. And all of a sudden, the back doors open to this Methodist church. And a man walked in. And I was totally interrupted. Because everybody said, that's Colonel Sanders. He's here. And so guess what I did? I had to quit preaching. Because they all walked outside and talked to Colonel Sanders. So I learned a great lesson. No matter how good a preacher you might be, if somebody well-known comes in, they're going to get the attention. And I want to just say to you before I get started, there's uh, somebody famous here tonight. His name's Jesus. And he says, I will be where you gather together. And isn't it, isn't it funny? They didn't say, well, there's Colonel Sanders coming in. Maybe there's somebody else I need to talk to. They became very aware that preaching was not their priority. It was finger licking good had came. And so I'm thinking about how many times we come to church and we don't recognize the one who's came to be with us. See, he came to that church once a year to be with them because he was raised there. I was looking at our decorations. There's different size boxes up here. And I know when it's time and you put your tree up and your kids or grandkids or people come in, they're wondering what's in the box. You ever had kids shake the box? So you just put rocks in it and let them shake it. Now, when I was raised, they didn't put the presents out until we went to bed Christmas Eve. But uh, in that box, the parents or grandparents or the, somebody who loves your kids and wanted to do something nice for them, pick something out just for them. It's for them. And it was personal. And I was thinking about if God had boxes, he'd have one for you and me. And it'd be a personal box. That every need I have would be met because he put it in the box when Jesus went to Calvary. And when he said it's finished, all of a sudden, everything I face from that point on as a child of God, that need can be met. But so many times we were going through something, 
or going having a problem, and instead of looking to the one who's provided the need, we begin to try to figure out what's going on. It's like if you got a call from the IRS, and it wasn't one of those cheap line calls, but it was really the IRS, and said, we need to talk to you, you you'd probably say, he's not here, and hang it up. <laughs> or when you heard those three words, say IRS, something must be wrong. And so you're waiting for it. But what if the IRS called and said, we've been making the mistakes, we owe you a lot of money. Now that's one call you'd want for the IRS. But you know the devil calls all the time and tells you God's not going to meet your need. And he's the call you don't want to listen to. And he's the one that says your problem's too big. Or you don't deserve it. Or you got to earn it. And yet the call that from heaven is that for God loved us so much he sent Christ for us. And through him he's provided to meet every need we'll ever have. I love it when you get excited. <laughs> so tonight, I want to say he's here. He said, if two or three gather my name, I'll be there. That's what he said. And said, Christ in you and in me is the hope of glory. But so many times we could come to church or we face a need in our life or we're going through something and instead of just stopping saying he's here, he's going to meet my need. He's promised to do it. His word cannot pass away. We miss the opportunity because whenever you're going through, Jesus will always be there. He'll show up. And though the psalmist said, I walk through the valley, shall death thou fear me, he'll be with me. And he said, call upon me and I'll answer and show you great and marvelous things. Now I'm sure there's times your kids or grandkids or whoever you bought a present for owned it. They liked it, but not very much. I said not very much. It wasn't what was in the box they wanted. Your four-year-old granddaughter, she was wanting a cell phone, and you bought her a doll. What a terrible grandparent would do that, at least in her mind. But see, God doesn't disappoint us. And it ought to be encouraged tonight. No matter what the news says tonight, he's in our midst. There's nothing too hard for him to do. And God's here to minister to us and meet our need. But you've got to be aware he's here. Now before church, I talked to many people. You've talked to many people. You got hugged on the parking lot. You got hugged by the greeters. You got your hands shook. You had to go sanitize your body after all that. But I want to tell you something, folks. You might be aware of who's around you and the friends around, but I want you to know tonight Jesus is here. Amen. And he just wants to make the devil look bad. And he wants to bless us and heal us and make a way when there's no way. But we have to be aware. Listen, when you come in this door... You can speak and you can talk, but when the service comes, that's why we sing and that's why we worship him because we're in the presence of the one who said there's nothing too hard for me to do. And he wants to bless you and he wants to heal you and he wants to make a way, but you got to be aware of that. Jesus asked a question. He said, 
Who do you say that I am? And I ask the question, who do we say he is? And according to the word of God, do we believe at all? And do we believe that God, when he spoke, it became reality for not only in the moment, for in the future? He did not speak because who was in the White House. He didn't speak because what the newsman said tonight. But he said, I am God, and I'm going to be there, and you don't have to worry, because if you worry, you'll die. And if you don't worry, you're still going to die. So why worry? Because we belong to Jesus Christ, and he's there every time we have a need. Amen. Glory. I'm sorry about your football team. But I bet if I'd have been at your house, you were screaming anyway. Isn't that crazy? Get a pig and take his skin or her skin. We don't want to be prejudiced. And sew it together and fill it full of air. And get 22 grown men on a field kicking it, catching it, and beating each other and knocking each other down. And we scream. I heard somebody talk about this altar fighting championship. I don't watch it. I don't like pain. But uh, people sit for TV and they go crazy. They pay big money to go see it. They want to see it blood. They want to see somebody get beat so bad. And yet, we come to church. And some comes also and we say, Hear our prayer, O Lord. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Incline your near to us and grant us your peace. Well, that's nice. But it sounds almost like a funeral song. We come, we want to sing. If you got dance, you ought to dance for God. We ought to shout. We ought to let the devil know we're here and we know who he is, but we know who we belong to. But we have to believe and understand that Jesus can do what he says he could do. You go to a doctor. They do a test and they say you got cancer. And you're totally bummed out, Right? And yet, if you go back and they've done treatments on you and they can't find it, you're excited. Well, God never to put you in a bad place so he can put you in a good place. He's always there for the good. He's always there to help you and me. He's always there to bless our lives. And I want to tell you something tonight. When the world's worrying about everything, worrying about dying, you know, I, I don't know how the world's going to make it if Pastor Alex and John and me, we die. But how many knows... You're going to die. Amen. Howard used to say, nobody's getting out alive yeah. <laughs> unless the rapture happens. But how many knows this tonight that God's for us yeah. and he's there. When you look in the mirror and you look like you've been beat with a club before you make yourself look better, he's there. <laughs> when you look and you have no eyelashes and you got to paint them on, he's there. When you guys put your girdle on to make you look thin again, he's there. And so we have to be aware tonight, and every time we go to the house of God, he's there to meet us. 
Do we really believe he's who he says he is? Do we really believe there's nothing too hard for him to do? Do we really believe it where he said, if you call upon me, I'll answer you and show you great and marvelous things? Do we believe tonight that all things are possible through him? And so tonight, we're here to celebrate. Not only Christmas is coming, and we're going to remember his birth. We're here celebrating he's alive. Death could not hold him. They could not get rid of him. The devil cannot win over him. But he rose from the grave as a conqueror. That you and I, no matter what we face, he's there if we'll trust him and believe him. See, in his presence is when things happen. They're coming. Can you hear them? I said in his presence. He's never lost a battle. Your football team that kicked the pig, they lose. Your basketball team that shoots leather up in a hoop, they lose. Your baseball team that hits the leather with a stick, they lose. But Jesus never loses. And tonight, if we're going to celebrate, if anything in the world's worth celebrating, it's worth celebrating that he's in our midst. Celebrating where he said, I'll never leave you. Told me in his word that even when you're there, if you call upon me, I'll be there and answer. And so this evening, they might try to defund the police, but they can't defund God. Amen. They can't stop Jesus Christ. They can pass everything. People can say he's not alive. People can say it's an impossibility. But I want to tell you, we serve a God that does not know impossibilities. We serve a God that's always there, and it's time to celebrate tonight that if God's for us, who's against us? Maybe the devil can kill us. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but we, a lot of us are going to probably die, huh? But we're not dead. We pass from this life to a greater life. We pass... To a wonderful place. If you ever had a leak in your roof, there'd be no leaks in the roof in heaven. I, we tried to grow something, and it didn't make it. But in heaven, everything's alive. There's sounds like humans have never heard. There's beauty like we've never seen. There's singing like you never dreamed could be, because Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Savior of our lives is there. But can I tell you something? He wants us to get used to him. That's why he said, I'll be with you. Amen. So you, we need to become Jesus conscious. When you wake up in the morning, if you're breathing, it's because Jesus is there and he gives you breath. If your car starts, he's there. But we have to believe that. Do you believe that? Amen. Peter, who do you say I am? Well, some says this. Some say that. 
who do you say I am? And I ask myself this tonight. And I ask you, who do we say he is? Is he just uh, another religious object that people meet and worship? Or is he truly the son of God that came from heaven and lived a sinless life and was dragged up a hill and beaten and hung on a tree or a cross that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. See, when the doctor says this, say, well, that's what your test says, but I belong to him. Amen. I belong to him, and I'm not discouraged because he's always for me. He's always there to help me, and the worst thing can happen is I take my last breath here, but the, really the best thing that happens, I'm instantly in the presence of God and the redeemed of God for all eternity. Who do we say he is? I've shared this before, but many of you know Larry and Janet Neville. This is one of the most beautiful illustrations that you could ever hear. She was a young girl and contacted polio. And they put her in an iron lung to help her breathe. And her mother was a saint of God and prayed and got a hold of God. And she would, they wouldn't let her in to see her daughter because in that time, if you had polio, they wouldn't let people come around you. They quarantined you. And so she's praying. And one night she slips in the hospital in the middle of the night, and they didn't see her, and she went in. She said, Janet, I was talking to the Lord today, and he told me to tell you he's going to heal you. He's going to come down, and he's going to set you free. And so she, she said to Janet, what do you want? And Janet said, well, get, by, get me a bicycle. Because she couldn't ride a bicycle and walk. She had polio. And get me a new dress. So her mother went and bought a new dress and a bicycle. And she said, Jesus is going to come down into your room, he told me, and you're going to be healed instantly. So she's in this iron lung. And if you've ever seen picture people in iron lung, you got a mirror right in front of you. You're laying and you can't move, and there's a mirror, and you can see around you. So they had that our lungs set up to where it overlooked a window. She could see out the window. And after her mother told her, as she's looking out the window, she's seen something way out there, and the more she looked at it, it looked like a little tiny hand out there. And that kept getting closer and closer until it got real big. And a voice said to her, Janet, I'm healing you. And that moment she was set free. The doctor come in, couldn't find the polio, opened the iron lung. She had told the doctor that Jesus had come. She began to breathe normally without the iron lung. And so what happened, they told her mother, you got to come. She doesn't have polio anymore. But don't let her do any exhausting thing. She needs to rest. So her mother put her on the new dress. They got home, and there was a new bicycle there. Now, Jesus didn't know that if he got healed, you couldn't ride a bike. He thinks you can ride a bike if you're healed. And so she jumped on that bike and started riding it, totally healed by the power of God. Something happens. When Jesus comes on the scene. 
I said, he wants to come on your scene tonight. It don't matter how impossible it looks. It doesn't matter what the report says. If he's there, there's a miracle there for you, and he'll meet every need you got. When the COVID comes, he still supplies all of our need. I said he does. He said, I'm building my church, and nothing's going to come against it, and it won't. His church will survive it all. But the question is, are we looking for Jesus in our midst? See, Adam, when they disobeyed God and God came down, he knew all about where, when Jesus came down, he knew all about where he was. But he said, where are you, Adam? Because Adam wanted to hide. Because Adam disobeyed. Maybe I should say both Adams disobeyed. Because there was no Eve in the beginning. The Bible said God made male and female and called their name Adam. They had one name. And Eve got her name when she became pregnant with the child. And Adam named her Eve because that means she's going to be the mother of all living. Sorry, ladies. Doesn't make you less important. Just makes when God looked at you, he seen one. He made man and woman. They become one. And so Adam said, he said, Adam, where are you? See, even when Adam was wrong, God came down to be with him, to speak to him, and to help him. And ever since then, God's always wanted to help us, to meet our need, to give us victory when it looked like we're defeated. But do we look for that? When I was young, there was a radio station in Louisville, Kentucky opened, and they were giving away $1,000, and they hid this thing, and whoever got it would get $1,000. Our town was 3,000 people, and I think all 3,000 was out running through people's yards, digging in people's yards. They all wanted to find that prize so they get to $1,000, and I was one of them. If I'd have got it, I'd have put it in my mouth and prayed for lockjaw so I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> but I didn't get it. But finally, after five days, somebody looked under a porch, and they taped it under the porch, and they got the prize. So out of all the town, only one person got the prize. I'm glad Jesus ain't that way. He came for all, that all might know him, that all might receive the miracles he's got. And you and I need to be aware when we're coming together. Yes, we like each other. Yes, we like to fellowship, laugh, and cut up. But when service starts, we're there for him who's come to be with us. I said we're here for him who came to be with us. Jesus Christ, who's in us and with us. And he's here, and he looks at you and me and says, I'm here to bless you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to heal you. And if we'll become aware of his presence, there's nothing he can't do. Well, can't get your attention. I'll fall off like they think I'm going to do. <laughs> we used to sing a song, when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. Well, that's true, folks. So I want to tell you something. We're not sure who's going to be in the White House yet. It's not totally, it's a, but I can tell you who's in this house. Oh, he's here. I said he's never lost a victory. 
He's never been defeated. He's always king of kings and lord of lords. He is the healer. He is the one who blesses us. He is the one who makes a way when there's no way. And so I want us, and I was thinking about myself, because I've been saved so long. It's so easy just to get used to coming to church. So easy to just get used to preaching or fellowshipping. None of that's wrong. But oh, when you stop and think, you, have you ever said, I can't wait to go to heaven and Jesus to be there? You don't have to wait. He's here now. He said he's going to be there. He was walking down the shores when he was here to become the Savior of the world. And the crowds heard him and people seen him. But only those who recognized who he was was blessed. There's a lady that was crippled. We've heard this story millions of times probably. Had an issue of blood. Everybody's wanting to hear him. Everybody wants to see him. But not anybody was going to press in and receive what he had for him. Except a little lady. She crawled through the crowd and touched him. And he turned and says, who touched me? Now listen, human response. Everybody's touching you. No, it was different. She didn't see him just as a teacher. She seen him as her answer, her healer, her deliverer. He goes by a pool, and there's a man that's been crippled for over 30 years. And he says, ask him questions. And he said, well, I'm here. I want to be healed. But nobody will put me in the water when it's troubled. And yet here's his answer right in front of him. He's had a visitation of the Son of God. <laughs> Come on. Some of you don't smile. It makes you hurt. Come on. I said he's your Savior. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your to make a way when there's no way. And he said, no, I put in the water. And Jesus is there in his presence. But he didn't recognize who he was. How many times has Jesus been with you or me and we didn't recognize him? Because we know what the Bible says, he'll never leave us, but it's just a scripture. It's not a reality in our lives sometimes. Isn't that true? But I want to encourage you tonight. If God be for you, it don't be who's against you, you still win. If the x-ray says this, how many knows God can change the x-ray? I've seen it happen. I was in the hospital in Jeffersonville, Indiana with a lady when I was pastoring. And this lady was dying. She was hooked up to all these machines. She was just looked like a vegetable there. And I went and I prayed for her and I was going to go back to Charleston where I was pastoring. And I started down the hall to leave. And the Spirit of God quickened me, go back. And I knew God was coming for her. So I went into the room, and I called her by name, and I said, the Lord told me he's coming for you. She was not able to respond. She was in a semi-conscious thing. They had her, all these drugs going in her. But I said, when he comes in the room, let me know. Because I knew if he came in the room, she'd know. And I'm sitting there being spiritual, watching her, and all of a sudden she went, ah! She was gone because Jesus came. 
Jesus came. Death had no victory over her. She was set free. She was in the presence of him who came to the hospital room, and she's been in his presence for all of eternity now. She recognized him. Do we recognize him? What does he look like? Well, he looks like love. He looks like compassion. He looks like miracles. He looks like hope when there's no hope. He's the good report when you got the bad report. And I want to tell you something. It's from now on, we just ought to come to church, hug, slobber all over each other, but we come to this door and start singing. We ought to be aware he's here. If you were at home and he came in your house, what would you do? Well, I'd shout and I'd be happy. Well, he comes in your house every time you're here. You leave him at the house, but he beats you here. And I want to tell you, he's looking for a generation right now that's aware of him. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on those that are looking for me and aware of me. In Florida, that revival broke out. You all probably remember it. I don't remember what town now, but Alex Wilson knows. Where was that, Alex? Pensacola, that revival. And it lasted for weeks and weeks. And people would line up at the church at daybreak every day, and the service wasn't until 7 that night. And they would sing and shout. People get healed and delivered, and it went for weeks. You know why? Because Jesus was there, and they recognized it. Would we recognize he's here? Can we recognize he's going to pour out his spirit on us? When we become aware of him, things begin to happen. Catherine Coleman said in Louisville, when our church sponsored her to come, how many know who Catherine Coleman is? She got there that morning, and I was there and greeted her and she said, where's the dressing rooms? And there was a stem wall. And there was, on that side was the dressing room. And there was the big hall where thousands could be. And she said, I don't want you knocking on my door. I don't want you bothering me. The service will start, and I'll come out when Jesus says it's time. And so I could hear her all day long. And she'd say, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. If you don't speak to me and let me know you're going to be with me up there, I'm not going out. And she talked to him just like she's carrying a conversation on with me. And the crowd began to sing, and Dino was on the piano, and the song they were singing, people were worshiping God, and I'm standing at the front of the stem wall so that nobody can go back and bother her. We've been singing probably half an hour or more, maybe an hour. And as I looked down, I seen light come out the hall and her door began to open. And the moment she stepped out, the power of God fell. You know why? Because Jesus was there and she had just talked to him. And when he assured her he was going to help her, she came out. The question is, who do we say he is? Is he all that he claimed to be? Did he leave heaven to come? Did he die on the cross to forgive our sins? I'm asking you the question. Did he? Was he wounded for your transgression and my transgressions? And was it by his stripes we're healed? Is that not the promise? 
Did he not say he'd pour out his spirit, he'd bless us? He told me through his word that the tithe belonged to him, and I've been serving him now since I was 17 years old, 71 years. And I want to tell you, when you give God his tithe back, he's fed us when we didn't know how we was going to eat. He kept our cars running until we finally got another one. The next person buy it and it would never run again. He, he, he blessed me. He still blesses me. He still meets my need. Because I tell you, I know who he is. He's the son of the living God, and he's here to help us and bless us. This is a time of celebration. Politics, it's hard to celebrate politics because you win and you lose. And other things, your TV will go out. And you care if it's a new one or an old one, then you'll be bummed out. You'll stick your key in the car and you ain't bought gas for six months, and it won't start. But I'll tell you, when you get in the presence of Jesus, hallelujah. Just think about it. Come on, let your mind get on this. He's here. I said, it doesn't matter if I can see him physically. He's here. He's here. My dad and I was raised in Clarksville, Indiana. It's a, you drive out of there and you drive into Jeffersonville. William Brandon went to school with my dad. His son was my personal friend. His name was Billy Paul. He was a lineman working on the lines, and an angel appeared to him one day. He's on a high-power line working. And he said, God has chosen you, William Branham. And at that time, TB was rampant. People was dying everywhere. It was an epidemic. Every TB sanatorium in Kentucky and Indiana was filled. They had no room for him. And the angel said to him, God's going to use you. Pray for him. They're going to heal him. He came down and told people, the angel of the Lord told me that I'd start to preach and Pray for people, and God's going to heal them. So he recognized the angel and recognized the thing. He began to pray, and TB stopped almost totally, and people began to get out of the sanitarium and totally healed. They built a church for him, the city did, so people could come and get a miracle for God. Now, if you don't believe me, I got the picture of the church, and I've been there. And you can call Billy Paul Brannon. He's in the phone book in Jarrettsville, Indiana. Ask him if he knows me. But Billy Brannon at that moment said, I recognize who God is, and I recognize he sent an angel to me. And he began to do what God told him to do, and he had tremendous ministry around the world. People began to worship Brother Brannon. That's what they called him. And he told him, God's going to take me because people are starting to worship me instead of him. He gave a prophecy how he was going to die, when he was going to die, and it happened exactly that way. It was in a head-on crash from Phoenix, Arizona, back to Jeffersonville, Indiana. And he's laying on the pavement, and his wife and his son's critical. And he speak, spoke to the people that was following him. Where is my boy and my wife? And they said, they're really bad, Brother Brandon. One's over there and one's over here on the road. He said, go lay hands on them and tell me when somebody's got their hands on them. They came back and said, okay, we got people laying hands on them. Billy Brandon talked to God, and they both got up, totally healed. But Billy Brandon went to be with Jesus.
You know why he could do that, how he could pray that? Because he believed God was who he says he is. And believe he obeyed God, God would do what he says. I ask you and I ask me. I ask usins or wins. If you want to talk normal, that's how you talk. Who do we say he is? When you get bad news, does it tear you up so bad? Rather than say, why, well, I know who Jesus is, that you let our situations totally devastate, or do you say, that's okay. Though I walk through the valley of shadows, I'm not going to fear evil. And I'll call upon him, he'll answer. Who do we say he is? Is he really the son of God? Did God send him that we could have life and have it more abundantly? Who do we say he is? Is he the God who said there's nothing too hard for me to do? Is he the God for my life and yours? Is he the God who said, try me, prove me, that I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you can't even contain? Can we trust him? Can we recognize who he is? And when we gather together, can we celebrate we're in his presence? I challenge you, Sunday, come to church to celebrate. Shake hands, hug, tell the latest story. But when the music starts, say, I'm in the presence. He's here. He was here when I shook hands. He just let me have a little fellowship. But now I can worship him. And I'll tell you, if we'll worship him, the news plane dealer don't have the final answer. The x-ray machines don't have the, the economy don't have the final answer. We belong to him. And he wants you to know tonight that when you come here, he's going to be with you. And if we'll look for him and create faith towards him, no matter what we come in, how impossible it might have seemed, all things become possible in the presence of Jesus. Could you stand with me? I want you to do something different tonight. I want you to grab your, one of your neighbor's hands. Try to do it two on two if you can. If you have to, change. I want you to look at your neighbor, hold their hands, and try to find as much as possible two people doing it. And I want you to pray blessings on that person you're holding hands with. Start praying that God will bless. Start praying that we'll recognize who Jesus really is. Pray that he'll pour out his spirit on that person you're praying for. Let's pray right now. Begin to pray right now for that person. Come on, pray. Ask God's blessing to be upon them. Lord, we know who you are. You are the Son of God. <clears throat> you are the one who meets every need we have. We want to recognize you tonight that you're here, and there's nothing too hard for me to do or for you to do for me. Lord, we praise your name. We lift up your name. We declare that you are the living God. And that we belong to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We belong to you. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, praise him. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We bless you. Oh, we give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah.
when my boy was in junior high, high school, he played basketball. And so I would go with one of the other boys' father, and my wife wouldn't sit by us because we'd holler at the referees and <laughs> we'd get bummed out, you know. <laughs> so I was thinking about that today. I didn't care what anybody thought. That was my boy playing. You know, we come to church, I don't care what anybody thinks. That's my Lord we're going to worship. I said, we're going to worship my Lord and your Lord. And we're going to praise him, and we're proud to be his children. And we're proud that he gave us a voice to shout to him and hands to clap for him. And we believe he's going to bless us no matter what's going on. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Praise your name. I'm going to do one more thing. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I'd love to pray with you. It'd be an honor for us to pray with you so you can meet Jesus. I'm not saying you're bad. We were all sinners and fell short of the glory of God. But if you've never invited Christ in your life, and you can't say you're born again, if you'd like to just slip out of where you're standing, come down here, I'd be glad to pray with you. You're not joining the church because churches don't make you Christians. No more than sleeping with the pigs make you a pig. But if you'll invite Christ into your life, you'll be born again. Every sin you've ever committed will be forgiven. And you can spend eternity with the Lord. Anybody here? I'm just waiting. Anybody want to come and pray? Not, I want you to want it. I want you to want Christ in your life if you want to come. Anybody at all? How many of us will do our best for the next few days, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to, to gear up for Sunday? And when I mean gear up, I didn't mean go out and buy a new outfit. <laughs> you can buy one, but that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about getting ready and say, you know what? I'm going to shake Cindy's hand. She's going to hug me, and I'm going to be blessed. And Pastor Alex is going to talk to me. And there's seven other guys out there that will shake my hand. And I'll need healing in my arm time I get in there being shook so much. But really, once that service starts, I'm going to begin to prepare to worship him. And I'm leaving everything in the car, my worries. My unbelief, all things. And I'm going to come be in his presence and let him bless me. How many think that would be good to do? God bless you. Turn to somebody and say to the person next to you, it don't matter what people say about you, I like you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.